Hey there, it's Carla. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to take a stab at convincing you to start your own podcast. Podcasting is such an incredibly rewarding thing to do for your ECE community, as well as for yourself. A podcast helps you set yourself up as an authority in your industry. So I have created a free masterclass to help you start. So head on over to elfoundations.com slash podcast masterclass, and I will walk you through every step you need to make so that you are already going in the right direction. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Everything EC podcast. I'm your host, Carla Ward, and today Candy Vajana joins me. She is the 2017 Nanny of the Year through the International Nanny Association and the founder of the Experienced Nanny. Now, I thought I knew what it meant to be a nanny, but today Candy shares some stories that takes it to a whole new level. If you are looking to take your career in a new direction, you do not want to miss this podcast episode because Candy shares some incredible stories and she shares how to support child development through the various stages. So definitely give us a listen and I hope you walk away with as much knowledge as I did from this interview. Welcome to the show, Candy. It is so great to have you on here to talk about everything from nannying to the people you work with and introducing play and academics. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. My name is Candy. I'm uh, the owner of The Experienced Nanny. I was a nanny for 30 years and I worked all over the world. So I trained in England to become a nanny. My training was two years long. It was very intense. There were many of us who started, not many of us who finished. The course was both practical and the oracle. So we learned everything from birth to age seven, and we would do six weeks at college and then six weeks of practical work. So it saw me in maternity units, it saw me in private homes, it saw me in schools, children with special needs. And so by the end of the course, we had a very good understanding of childcare and child development. And as soon as I finished my course, I was actually employed by my first family and they, I trained in England. The family was in Belgium. So I moved to Belgium uh, without knowing the family. There was no internet at the time. So the only interaction I had had with them was a phone call, actually two. They were high profile clients and they had just had a baby. So I was with them for a whole year which gave me a great insight into the world of high profile and also into living in a foreign country on my own for the first time as an adult. Okay, that is amazing. And I think we need to dive a bit more into the definition of nanny because I think there is a line between babysitter and nanny, but one that I'm not sure people understand because nanny is next level, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to working with the children, and more importantly, working with the family as a whole. So talk to me about essentially the definition of nanny. Okay, so a nanny is somebody, in theory, who is trained in childcare and child development, and who actually works with families, 
and is there on a regular basis. A babysitter, just so that we know the, the distinction, a babysitter is somebody who just comes in and does occasional childcare for a family. And typically babysitters are, you know, teenagers or very young adults, and they don't do it as a profession. Mm-hmm. And nanny would come in and that would be their career. It's what they choose to do. They have a love for children. They have knowledge and understanding of the milestones the children need to reach. They can help the families with not only the childcare, but also everything related to the child. So the child's laundry, maybe the child needs doctor's appointments, they could book those. If a family is traveling, the nanny typically goes with them or at least helps pack and unpack and make sure they have everything for their trip. So a nanny is a profession. A babysitter is not a profession. Now, the issue and the confusion comes because there is no regulation on who can be a nanny and who can be a babysitter. So at least there is no regulation in the entire world as far as I know. You can wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm going to be a nanny. And that's great if you love children and if you actually know anything about child development. But if you don't love children, it's not an easy job like everybody thinks. It's actually very, very demanding. It's not demanding only physically, but it's demanding mentally and emotionally because you are going into somebody's home, you're having to conform to their family rules and their household policies as such. You're looking after somebody else's children. You are having to follow maybe some rules and regulations the families have set that you may or may not agree with. And their safety and well-being is your responsibility. So that, that is a lot of stress on you. But like I said, there isn't a anywhere or anything that regulates the nanny world and the nanny industry. So whilst there are thousands and millions of wonderful nannies who actually do a fantastic job, there are also thousands and millions of nannies who just entered the world without knowing what they're actually getting themselves into. And some of them don't really even want to learn more about it. And this might be a little bit controversial. <laughs> but but I think the same can be said about early childhood education and childcare, because essentially mm-hmm. a nanny is trained in early childhood education, as is a person that works in childcare, whether it's an ECA or an ECE. And we are still fighting against that babysitting stigma. And we've got people that are entering into nannying and childcare thinking, I like kids and this is easy because I'm going to play all day. Not understanding A, what play actually means and that play is the work of children, but also you're entering into a relationship with people that you didn't necessarily choose to spend the year with. And I can imagine as a nanny, you're in people's homes. Like that's, it's like moving in with a partner. Yep. I think you said something really important that, you know, the families that you are working with are not necessarily people that you would choose as your best friends, right? They're people who are looking for somebody to take care of your children. And of course, you're going to form relationships with them, but they're not the people you would probably choose to hang out with in your free time. Not because there's anything wrong with them, but because you probably aren't, you know, on the same page as far as, you know, friendships and relationships go. 
But you said you also said another thing that's very important. I think the confusion between nannies and babysitters for some parents also comes from people who don't know the difference between nanny and babysitting who enter the nanny world and call themselves babysitters. Mm. So, so there are lots of nannies who say, I'm a babysitter. No, actually, you're not a babysitter because you're going to the same family repeatedly. So you're going on a regular basis and you're spending 8, 10, 12 hours with those children. So you're not babysitting. You're technically, you're nannying. So during that time, you should be doing something different than just watching TV. <laughs> Hopefully. Eating food out of the cupboards. Yeah. So the the issue with, the, you know, getting the stigma out out there and fighting it has to come from the people in the industry. So if, if nannies can continue to refer to themselves as babysitters, they're also going to be considered babysitters and they're going to be treated as babysitters. And there's an element of respect. And I'm not saying, I mean, I was a babysitter all through my teenage years mm-hmm. and I worked with incredible families. I would say that, you know, I had their respect, but to your point, I had six or seven babysitting clients going at the same time. And there was a competition for Friday and Saturday nights. Correct. Right. So that was babysitting. You know, you ordered a pizza, you watched a Disney movie, put the kids to bed, text your boyfriend on the phone and then went home at night. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And that's what that's what babysitting is, you know, making sure the children get to bed, get fed, you know, they're safe. And then the parents come home and off you go. Nannying is very, very different. You are with those children for the majority of the day. You spend more time with them than some parents can afford to spend with their children. And you are the one that they look up to because you're their person. You are there. You're the constant in their life. Yes. Maybe you come in in the morning and you leave in the evening. Maybe you live with them. The, the variations are, multi, there's a multitude of them, but you are there to not just make sure that they are safe and they're surviving the day. You are there to make sure that they are growing the way the family would like them to grow. And you should be communicating with the family constantly about how they want things done. And you're also there to make sure they have emotional support if a parents can't provide it because they're not there because they have to go to work. You're there to make sure that they are learning things and you need to actually understand how to teach those things. You can't just wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm going to download Pinterest and off you go. <laughs> there is a lot on Pinterest that can give you ideas. You actually need to understand how the children learn, what's the best way to teach them. Will it take 20 minutes? Will it take five hours? Is mm-hmm. it appropriate for their age? What else can come out of it? There's so much to it that if you don't educate yourself or you don't think that you need that education, you're actually doing a disservice to those children. 100%. And I want to circle back to talking about that communication with parents. I think anybody who works in childcare or nannying, having that communication and the relationship with parents is huge. But I think as a nanny, when you're in their home, it is next level because you are an extension of those family values. How do you talk to parents when you disagree with their, oh gosh, what's the word? Philosophy? There's the word. (laughs) Well, yes. What do you do when you disagree with their philosophy? So for example, we know that not saying no to children is becoming a trend. Mm -hmm. And I say trend because 
it's only going to take people so far before they realize that children for safety do have to hear no. So what do you do when you're put in a situation where you're told we don't say no in our house? So for me personally, I think the the communication and the conversations start before you're actually employed. So during your interview process, you should have, as a nanny, a list of questions that you're going to ask the potential employers that will take them without just going directly to it, but will take them into a conversation about their philosophy, what their expectations are, boundaries, how they communicate, and all of these things that are important to be part of somebody else's life and home. Because when you enter somebody's home as a nanny, you are an extension of them, but you are also still yourself, right? So if you enter this engagement, employment, whatever you want to call it, without having this conversation from the beginning, you are going to run into a series of problems. So one of the conversations to have is obviously the, the philosophy the parents follow in the home, what their expectations are of a child and of a nanny and as the unit as a whole, because obviously you're going to be a partner to the parents. Mm-hmm. So how do they see that relationship working? And are they open to you making suggestions? And are they open to you coming up with concerns, issues? How do they communicate? So if you are then employed, you you should kind of have a pretty good understanding of are your philosophies aligned? If they're not aligned, my my advice is don't take the job because you're going to just keep on butting mm-hmm. heads and the children are the ones who are going to suffer. So if you're not aligned, just do not move forward. If you are aligned or you feel that you could potentially be aligned and you take the position, then you already know what the expectations are. Things will change because life changes. So it could be, let's say, that the family is happy with you saying no to their child when you start. Everything is fine. And then all of a sudden, mom and dad have spoken to somebody else who doesn't use no in their household. And so they're going to do the same thing because we want to be just like Mrs. Jones next door. And here we go. Now we're not on the same page anymore. We're not aligned. That's great. If you can communicate your differences and how you're going to approach it, you should be okay. You should be able to explain to parents why not saying no is going to be an issue in the long run. And you should be able to set your own personal boundaries around that no. So if you don't want me to say no to your child, I can accept that, except in ABC situations. If your kid is about to run in front of a car, I am going to say no. It's for their safety. If a child is about to stick their fingers into a socket after they've licked them, I am going to say no, it is a safety issue. If your child is going to do something that, you know, is not going to hurt them, sure, I can I can let them do it as long as you're happy with the consequences that come with that. Yes, because so, who doesn't love paint on their walls and their nice exactly. expensive furniture? Exactly. So I think those communications need to happen right from the beginning. So when you first approach the family, either through an agency or you found them yourself or you used a job board or whatever it is that you used, those conversations need to happen at the interview stage. And I know it's hard because we all want you, we all want a job, we all want this. But if you compromise on your values, you're not going to be happy in the long term. 
hundred percent. And I mean, that goes, that goes for life. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. That goes for any job, any relationship, friendships, partnerships, all of it. Do not compromise values because then who are you? Exactly. hundred percent. So I want to get a clear idea because I'm just, I'm fascinated by the world of nannies. Cause I always used to say that I would be an au pair and I would mm-hmm. travel the world. And for me, that was just like, to me, that just sounded like the most wonderful thing. And then I met my husband who was not a traveler when we first started dating and it kind of just flew out the window and I am where I'm supposed to be in life, but it's something that's always intrigued me. And so what does a typical day look like for you? And do you essentially program plan? Okay, so it depends. First of all, there are no typical days because obviously when you work with children, nothing is typical. Fair enough. (laughs) But also when you work with families, nothing is really ever typical because things change, flight details change, plans change, who's coming with us is changing. And especially in the world of high net worth, high profile and ultra high net worth, plans change at a second's notice. So you might be packing a suitcase to go skiing in Aspen. And all of a sudden you get to the airport and plans have changed. And now we're going to Cabo. So you've got all this ski stuff and you're going down to sunbathe. So you need to be prepared. Hold on. We got to pause for a second. Clearly, I am not living the high life because that just blew my type A mindset (laughs) on like another level. Has that happened to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And other things that might happen are, for example, I was working for a family. They had three children. I dropped all the children off at different schools in different places of the city. It was the morning school drop off. As soon as I dropped the last of the three children, I got a call from the mum's assistant who basically said, you and the kids are leaving in 30 minutes. The plane is waiting for you and please make sure you have all the kids ready. I'm like, all the kids ready? It'll take me an hour to go pick them all up and get home and I haven't packed because I don't know where we're going and I didn't know we were going anywhere. And the airport's 45 minutes in the opposite direction. So there is no physical way it's going to happen. And she was like, no, no, the parents are going to be there. So you need to be there. And I'm like, I'll be there. But, you know, no suitcase. So I literally went back and picked them all up and had somebody who was at the home actually meet me at the airport with all of our passports. And we just left with no luggage. And when we got Uh, there, we bought stuff because, you know, that was the best we could do. You have to be one of the most resilient people because that would have put me into sheer panic and tears. Let's just say I wasn't very amused. So yeah. So it was like, I yes, I know I just dropped off little Johnny two seconds ago, but I just need to pick up little Johnny right now. I'm not sure when we'll be back. Yeah. Thank goodness for cell phones. I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, had you not answered the call, maybe it would have been a less stressful day. I don't know. You- you, when you work in these kind of positions, you, you do have to answer the phone. It's Fair not, enough. Yes. Not, so yeah, so there is no typical day. So I can't really walk you through a typical day, but do you program it? Do you not program it? Okay. That really depends on the family. There are some families who want everything programmed to the minute. And then there are some families who don't want any programs. 
So usually if I know we're going somewhere, I do some research, I figure out what is available for children, specifically the ages I'm looking for and I'm looking after. And then I have kind of a loose plan in mind. So should we get there and mom and dad say, well, we have a meeting, go do something with the kids. I know what to do. But typically with the positions I've had, we have traveled to so many different locations, but there's always not something for us to do, but there is somewhere for us to be. So, you know, you might get off a plane and you have to attend some sort of lunch with the parents. So that's what you do. And then maybe from there you go and you have like half an hour in the hotel room. And then from there, you're going to some other event with the children and the parents, or maybe just the children. And then you, you know, maybe go to a museum and then go somewhere else and then it's dinner and then it's kind of bedtime. So it really, it really depends on the, on the different families and what their expectations of you and the children are. And that's why it's important to have those conversations at the interview, (laughs) because are you expecting your children to be, you know, with you when you have these meetings? Because if they are, then they need to know how to behave. And if they need to know how to behave, do they already know how to behave? Or are you expecting me to teach them how to behave? And this then that brings up all sorts of different conversations to have. No kidding. I, yes, like, and there's a difference. Like there is clearly a difference between, you know, your, we know different from babysitter, but then there is different levels of nanny, like not necessarily yes. in terms of the education per se, because you're trained in child development. But I think there's a different levels of how to work with people, but also how to handle high profile clients. Yes, there definitely is. So you can't expect to get it right all the time if you've never done it before. So when I first started, I know I made mistakes. I, you know, I tried to minimize the mistakes, but there were so many things I didn't know, even though I'd done two years of training. I could tell you everything about child development and child care. And, you know, if this is a, if this diaper is the right color or that's the right, you know, consistency or whatever. But when it came to actually being social, inverted commas, with the parents and the child, there were so many things that I didn't know. So do you actually stand there while the parents are holding the baby? Are you needed? Are you not needed? Do I step in? Do I step out? Where where do you want me to be? Am I supposed to be in the pictures if somebody's taking pictures? Am I not supposed to be in the pictures? If <laughs> And there are all these things that you kind of need to figure out. And nobody's going to teach you those things. You just have to be aware of what's going on. And figure out if you need to be in pictures or not, figure out if you need to stand there or not, figure out if a parents want to have family time and you're not family. So what do you do with yourself? When are you going to have a break? When are you not going to have a break? Am I supposed to have a break? So many different things that I know initially I felt very uncomfortable with. And then obviously as my career progressed, I figured out ways to one, understand what was expected of me. My interviews were so much deeper than they were at the beginning. It was like, oh, I'm looking for a nanny when I first started. I'm looking for a nanny. Yes, great. I'm a nanny. When can you start? Oh, next week. Okay, off I go. And here we go. Now my interviews are, you know, hold on a second. (laughs) 
<laughs> what is it that you want? So obviously experience and age help you mature, but I think there is so much to know that is not written down anywhere. It's all stuff that you need to either figure out by watching other people or you just need to figure it out yourself. This is fascinating. Like this is next level. And full confession is ironically, I have been watching The Nanny on Mm -hmm. Prime and it is a guilty pleasure. And she is in theory, a high profile nanny. Not really. (laughs) I mean- I mean, there's some parts of it, as as somebody who's done that work, there's some parts of it that are really spot on. I mean, she's not dealing with it the way I would deal with it, but the situation is spot on. But it it, it is a good show. I like it. Yeah, I love it. I It's such a guilty pleasure for me. But <laughs> I really want to circle back, talk about your business, because you're saying, you know, figure it out, like trial and error, but what is your business? Cause you're no longer nannying one-on-one anymore with families, correct? Right. I no longer nanny. I retired in 2021. I worked with my last family for four and a half years and it was four and a half years of traveling almost every single day wow. to different places, different time zones, etc. which was lovely. And I loved it. And I had a great relationship with a child and the parents and They had a fully staffed home, so there was everybody and everything, and it was a fantastic job. But I'd gotten to the point where I just needed to be in one place. I traveled my entire career. My I don't know how many passports I filled up and put away, Mm -hmm. but now my focus is on helping nannies and families create an ecosystem they're all happy in. So. I consult with nannies on how to find a job, how to keep a job, how to interview, how to navigate those things that nobody actually tells you. But I also consult with families, ideally families who have either a team of nannies or they're just hiring their first high profile, high net worth, ultra high net worth nanny. Because a lot of times in these positions, you have teams of nannies and maybe the team doesn't actually get along or the schedules don't work, or there's one nanny is really strong and the other ones are not. And so they need some extra training. So I do train nannies. I also have a course called the Nanny MBA, and it's for nannies who are entering the high profile, high net worth and ultra high net worth world, and basically how to navigate all of these little idiosyncrasies (laughs) that you might run into as a nanny in this realm. Amazing and so needed. Yeah, it is needed. Definitely. Because there's so much, I mean, so many nannies want to step it up to the high profile, high net worth and ultra high net worth, but they they don't really know what they're getting themselves into. And it's all very rewarding. And it's, I have no regrets in my choices, but I think there is so much to learn and so much that's not spoken about. And the whole private service industry is not spoken about enough. No. And yes, we all learn by making mistakes. But if you can learn from somebody else's mistakes so that you don't repeat them, why wouldn't you? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I know, like I said, there's so many things I did in my first and second job that I would cringe at right now if I (laughs) I thought about them. But 
it took time for me, one, to find my own footing as a nanny, because yes, although you train, you know, and you've done the practical side and you know all the theory, it's still hard because you, you know, you're going into somebody's home, you need to learn all about them, what they like, what they don't like. I remember having a position and it was my, I worked five and a half days a week. I lived in and the parents had a dinner party the night before my full day off. So I'd had my afternoon off and then I was having my full day off. They had a dinner party the the night before. I got up in the morning and I I had planned to catch a train and go and visit another city. And I went down to the kitchen and there were plates stacked all the way to the ceiling. And I was like, okay, I need to have breakfast. How am I going to do this? So I had breakfast and I then washed my own plate and put it away and left. Sounds logical. That's what I thought I should be doing. But when I got home, the principals, which are the the parents, basically asked me to have a meeting because... According to them, I should have cleaned all the dishes or at least unloaded the dishwasher, reloaded the dishwasher so I could put my plate in it if I was going to use a plate. And so clearly there was a a disconnect there, which I understand it's nice if somebody, you know, cleans a kitchen. But one, I didn't make the mess. Two, I washed my dish. (laughs) And three... (laughs) got nothing to do with me and um, it was your day off and it was my day off so we had a conversation about it to clear up the expectations and for me it was very uncomfortable and I know that same conversation one would never have happened five years down the, later but two my approach to it would have been very different I, I wouldn't have felt uncomfortable saying look you made the mess your responsibility <laughs> obviously mm-hmm. not like that in a professional way but you see what you see what I'm saying. The the yeah. things that happen when you're new are not the same, are not going to be dealt with the same way after a few years and once you've kind of figured out who you are. Yes. And I think that's something that we also learn through age, right? If you yes. are in your early twenties, like I think about the stuff that I allowed to, you know, fly under my radar or people get away with in my early twenties versus my thirties that stuff does not fly. And yeah, my first job was at 19. So at at 19, you're kind of still a kid, you know, (laughs) you don't, you don't want your employer to get upset with you. So you're just going to have one reaction at 25. You're going to have a different reaction Mm -hmm. at 35. You're going to have a different reaction. So yes, time and experience, you know, help you, but if somebody else can point in the right direction, before you even get yourself in that situation. Yeah. Why not? Absolutely. It's about having those tools. Yes. Amazing. So where can people find you to learn more about working with high net worth clients? Because it sounds a little intense. I'm not going to lie. It sounds a little intimidating, (laughs) but it also sounds incredible. It is incredible. I mean, you you get to see and do things that you never imagined you would do in your life. I mean, I've been I've been to places I never thought I would be at. I've been to places I didn't even know existed. <laughs> Secret islands. You know, oh. places. Yes. So there are all sorts of perks. Yes, you're still working, but you do get to see all these places and be with people that you didn't think you were going to ever meet in your life. So it is extremely rewarding. And 
where can they find me? TheExperienceNanny.com is the best place to start. I do have obviously a website with my information, but I also have a podcast, which you can listen to from my website. There's a blog, there's information about the course, and that's the best way to reach me. Amazing. Well, Candy, this has been eye-opening to say the least. And if I was a little younger, maybe I'd jump on it, but... You still can. I, you know, I just don't think I have it in me to work for somebody else. <laughs> but I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It was lovely.